But uh, looking today, getting ready for what I, I believe the Lord has for us. I'll turn that lamp on even though it doesn't really light anything up. It's just weird not having it on. Um, it, I can't promise this will be anywhere near as long as some of the messages we've shared, and that's okay, because God works how He wants to work. And um, it, it was really strange because we were on the way over here, and and I was asking Jovi, you know, what what I should preach about, and and she had that philosophy, the the shotgun philosophy of, I'm just going to keep opening my children's Bible and calling out stories, Dad, until you pick one of these stories, because uh, when I was her age, the best part of church was if the pastor actually took time and told a story, and I, I completely get where she was coming from, uh, Xavier not quite as much input from him because he was more of hey dad can we can we listen to a podcast on the way and i told him no man i'd I'd love to listen to a podcast but i really just want to put on a little bit of worship music and just look at how god's repainting the landscape and and it was it was really hard not to just talk about get up here and, and, and go to the writings of Solomon and talk about a time and a season for everything. And, and it was so strange because, you know, I had in mind something I wanted to preach and God took me back and he, he said, no, you know, let's, let's go to something really familiar and, and encourage my people when they read my word to make it personal. And, and it, it's going to segue into the, the series I hope we get to start after Beans and Jeans about prayer. But um, this morning, it's simply the 23rd Psalm. And most people, if you've been around church any length of time, you can quote the 23rd Psalm. And I, I had to put it up here in another translation because... I, I have it forever etched in my mind in King James, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you are a diehard King James fan, uh, it was not actually the translation Paul used, but most of us can't pronounce the words Paul used, so it's okay. But it, it was one of the earliest translations into English, and it's not the English we speak today. So if you're a diehard King Jameser, I know you already love me and you forgive me. We're, we're going to be in the NLT. And I love the way that it starts off this phrasing, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. You know, just but before we go into the other thoughts I had on that, I, I, I love that line right in the middle of the page. He refreshes my soul. Uh, I know what it's like to be hot and, and thirsty and working out. You know, in, in this part of the world, it's not hard to work out in the hot and the dust and how refreshing a, a cold drink is. But sometimes we struggle with associating that 
our, our physical man with our, our spiritual man, with our soul. And, and I can tell you that even as a pastor, I've had those times in my soul where I needed refreshing, where the, the just constant barrage of life has led me to a point where I just felt dry. And, and that's hard as a pastor to stand up and, and be open about that because uh, as a pastor, a lot of times you're, you, you feel like you're supposed to be the man of God who, who stands before the church and, and stands before people with, with no flaws, no failures, no shortcomings. And I'm just here to tell you that that's not who I am. I'm, I'm as messed up as anyone in the room. And, and when it comes to these times in your life, there, there's times where it, it, takes a, it takes more discipline than I have as a pastor. One of my greatest failures as a pastor is being willing to say no to opportunities that show up for the gospel. Because, you know, I made a promise to the Lord a long time ago, if you give me the opportunity, I'll go do it. And, and the Lord's just now starting to rein me in of every one of those opportunities I bring aren't, aren't always for you to go. Some of them are for you to learn the discipline of saying no. Because you have to listen to me and know when to say no. And, and when I don't say no, when I should is the, the times that I feel that I've given out more than I've taken in and I don't have anything left to give. And it was such a blessing to just look into the Word of God this morning and to be reminded that He refreshes my soul. Not, not a Saturday afternoon sitting in my recliner watching college football. Not, not a Saturday afternoon on the side of the creek pulling in bass, even though, oh man, it's fun, I love it. Not, not an early morning out in, in an ambush blind waiting for a deer to walk by, ready to take its life and make it my dinner. Not, not driving through the mountains, not sitting beside the ocean. Those things are all great and, and places where I can calm my body, but the only one who can refresh my soul is Jesus. He's my shepherd. If you walk away with nothing else this morning, walk away with, with a, a determination that you're going to read the Word of God and make it personal. When you look at the 23rd Psalm, you, you emphasize that. You read it out loud. I don't care if you begin to make it a prayer to God that, Lord, you're my shepherd. And you're enough. You give me exactly what I need. And, and sometimes you go beyond that and give me what I want. But you're enough. And... And I look at the teachings of Jesus and, and he said not to worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear because God, your Father in heaven, supplies that to the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And you don't think he loves you more than them? 
You know, this is the time of year it's easy to see the birds of the air because there's migrating birds all the time. There's those big swarms of birds that it's really fun to watch unless you watch that old Hitchcock movie. And, and this is that time of year, you know, you want to watch Hitchcock, that's up to you. But, I mean, <clears throat> Hitchcock wasn't a jump out and scare you kind of guy. He was a mess with your mind kind of guy. And Denise watched the birds and tried to act like well, that was stupid until we walked outside and a bird in the tree goes, ah! and I thought she was going to tackle me because it was in her head. And that was a complete free rabbit trail right there. Okay. <laughs> How did I go from the Lord giving me what I need to Hitchcock scaring the, the willies out of me? Anyway, <clears throat> He gives us what we need. You think any of those birds flying around have to worry about where their next meal's coming from? Do, do they worry about the price of gas? Do they worry about the election coming up in November? They don't spend any of their time on the things that, that gnaw away at our peace in this life. That, that gnaw away and make us weary of soul. Because... When we, when we find enough in him, it brings about that peace that Paul wrote about that surpasses all understanding. And, and, it, and Paul went farther than that. He said, is able to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, and this is where I miss the King James because... The, the reference in the King James that says the valley of the shadow of death. I love that David painted death as nothing more than a shadow. And, and you have to understand who David was to get the significance of that because David was a man of war. His entire life was surrounded by death. And David said, because I know you're the shepherd, that death is just a shadow. I mean, that wrecks me every time I think about it because, because when you understand that the, the thing that most people in the world fear is nothing more than a shadow, you can say, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The darkest valleys of this world are only a shadow. They're only a shadow that they're going to pass away. You know, the, the thing, if, if I got anything out of Sunday school this morning, is that there's a hope of something so much better beyond this life. That the worst moments of this life easily fade into a shadow when we realize what awaits us at the end of it. That old hymn that says when the shadows of this life are over, I'll fly away. <laughs> I like that. But I don't have to fear evil because you are with me. I will fear no evil because you are with me. The psalmist said your rod, which the rod of the shepherd was was used for correction and the staff was used for protection. 
your rod and your staff, the instruments of, of protection and discipline you've given me to help me navigate through these shadows. Church, if, if I could speak to you and, and give you one friendly thing is make, make it a discipline in your life of getting the Word of God into your life daily. Because the Word of God, according to itself, according to the Bible, is for reproof, correction, and discipline. That's what it's for. The Word of God is also referenced as our daily bread. And even when I'm on a diet, bread really sounds good. And I know I can eat a lot of bread. This is when you know you're getting closer to lunchtime because the pastor's talking about bread. And bread leads us right into you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You prepare a banquet of honor for me in the middle of the ones who want me to fail. You realize that's who God wants to be in your life? God wants to be the one welcoming you to a table, a banquet that he's prepared where you're the guest of honor right in the middle of a world that wants to see you fail. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And, and I, I heard a great message and I, I've re-preached part of it one time. Just be careful of who you welcome to sit at that table with you. Because as the guest of honor, you get to invite other people to the table. Don't invite the very enemies that God was showing up to your table. Don't invite the worries, the fears, the anger, the frustration, the cares of this life. Don't invite them to that table. You anoint my head with oil. That, that space between our ears is one of the biggest gifts God ever gave us. Gave us the ability to think and to create to dream. But more so, he gave us the ability to, to reason and to understand. And you anoint my head so that my mind and my heart are able to be led by you. It's, it's never an accident throughout Scripture that the anointing took place on the head. It's not an accident that in the Word of God, the, the salvation helmet in the armor of God is a helmet. It's, 
It's not an accident. And thanks be to God in Christ Jesus who is able to guard our hearts and our minds. Just powerful things from Scripture that are all flowing together. Just like that anointing oil that was poured on the head. And, and I want you to understand there are only two types of people that were anointed throughout Scripture. Priests and kings. Because Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek, the priestly king of Salem, the priestly king of peace, we're called into that royal priesthood just the same as him. We're given the same authority that Jesus had in this life. But if you don't accept that anointing that God puts on you, you'll never walk in it. I want to read that again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I've read that in another translation where my vessel is overflowing with the next line, which is your goodness and love. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I always struggle with that. Why are those following me? Why is God chasing me is what I thought as a kid. The other cracked thought I had as a kid because I spent too much time refilling drinks in the cafe is that cup overflowing wasn't a good thing. If I overflowed somebody's cup, it meant I had to clean a mess. And, and I look at it now as a, as a grown man, and I think, you know, the, the innocent thought of a child is, is now a blessing to me as a man because God overflows my cup to get rid of my mess. And His goodness... And love follow me because they're flowing through me. That overflowing of my cup is leaving a trail behind my life so that someone else can follow it. All the days of my life. But wait, 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 Pastor, you're saying all the days of your life. What about the days of your life where you weren't following Him? It didn't stop His goodness and His love from being poured out on me. And the last part, man, it was hard not to give a spoiler away at Sunday school this morning. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's where I'm going to live. I'm going to live forever, but more importantly than living forever is whose house I'm living in. And... And I'm telling you, you know, the, the hymnist that said, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. I don't have a mansion. According to the word of God and according to Jesus, I have a room. If I got a room in the father's house, that's better than a mansion. I don't care if he puts me in the broom closet because I'm going to be in the father's house. 
Because Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would tell you, in my Father's house are many rooms. And I go so that when I return, you can be with me forever. And you'll have a place. And what's that place for? Rest for your weary soul. I don't know if anybody else was weary when you came in this morning, but what a wonderful thought that, that God, His goodness and love follows me all the days of my life until it doesn't have to follow me anymore because I'm living in His house forever and ever. Jesus, thank you for today.